www.disneytimepodcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. How's it going today, guys? Doing all right. Yeah, doing okay. Weekends never long enough. (laughs) They never are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So our podcast is now on Amazon Music. Have you seen the reel I put out there? I did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have an Alexa enabled device, you can just say, Alexa, turn on the Disney Time podcast on Amazon Music and it will play the latest episode. Oh, wow. Aren't you fancy? (laughs) Yes. I'm also working on submitting us to Pandora. So hopefully that gets approved and we get in there too. Wow. Extend that reach. Yeah, definitely. All right. So on today's episode, we are going to be taking a look at the latest movie that was put out on Disney Plus, the live action Mulan. So are you guys ready to talk about this? Yeah. Yep, let's do it. All right. So this movie was originally scheduled to come out in theaters, but because of COVID and the pandemic, all this stuff that's going on in the world, a lot of theaters are still closed and Disney decided to put it out on Disney Plus with a premium on top. So $29.99 would get you access to watch the movie. And it's more like a purchase. It's not like a rental where you can only watch it for a certain amount of time. Once you purchase it, you can access it all the way until they, I mean, obviously they're going to release it to everybody that has a Disney Plus subscription eventually. But until then, you have access with that premium payment. So what did you guys think about them putting this premium first? Rissa, what do you think? I was a bit skeptical of it just from a financial standpoint. I didn't really know how many people would actually go for it, but it seems to have paid off this gamble. Honestly, I would have preferred them to optimize it for television and for different formats before releasing it on Disney Plus because watching it with black bars was not ideal. Right. It was meant for the big screen and it looks like it too, right? Right. So what did you think about them putting this premium on it, Nelson? So when it was first announced that it was going to be delayed from March, its original launch date, I was a bit sad because this was a movie I was looking forward to, loving the original. But of course, you know, there's that ever so slight bit of skepticism because, you know, it's doing a remake of a movie that we really love. (laughs) Yeah. So I was looking forward to it, but I was still cautious that it's probably not going to be as good as I would like it to be. (laughs) I mean, same thing happened with Beauty and the Beast, but at any rate, it kept getting pushed back during the summer. They wanted to release a new date, and then they're like, oh, no, can't do it. Then it happened, I want to say, two or three times, I feel, if I remember correctly. But in my mind, I was starting to think, they're probably going to put it to Disney+. Plus. (laughs) In my mind, I was thinking, like, you know, Disney's going to want to try and make some money back. And I actually thought that they would probably put it on Disney+, Plus, but I didn't think that they would put it behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah. It was a gamble, like Rissa was saying. So it seems to have paid off. Looking back at apparently a report that was released of how much it earned. But yeah, I thought it was very, very risky to do that. And I am of the same sentiment. I didn't know what the reception would be with the public. A lot of people are up in arms, well, for other reasons too, but with regard to it being for paid-only access at first, and others were just, including my sister, like, just give me the movie. (laughs) So, so, yeah, there seemed to be quite a bit of opinion spread. I I think there was an interesting bit, sorry to interrupt you, but they had released an article before quickly taking it down that it was going to be live for all Disney Plus viewers in December of this year. I'm not sure if that's still going to hold true, but that was a little bit weird that they would say that right before Premiere Access was going to happen. I thought that's still official, last I thought. They've taken down all of that information, so I'm not really certain that it's still going to happen. Oh. 
Is that because you feel like they're going to keep the paywall up for as long as possible? Or I think so. Okay. I think it's also the fact that I don't know why they would even do that when most analysts were anticipating it coming to normal Disney Plus next year, you know? Oh, right. And say that, oh, it's going to be December instead right. of next year like the analysts were speculating. Right. So I don't know why Disney even decided to tell us that it was going to be in December because at that point, why even do the paywall? I see. Yeah, that is a good point. Like, why would Disney say that? People would just wait. Yeah, exactly. Because our friends were going to wait. But since we had already gotten it, they were able to watch it. Definitely. So I did see some things on social media that people were actually sharing their logins with other people. Yeah. If one person would purchase it and then they'll just share the login with others who wanted to watch it. I don't know if that's a smart idea, but people are doing that. You can have what, up to 11 profiles on Disney Plus? I, I thought it's seven. Yeah, I thought it was seven. Is it seven? Yeah. But only four streaming concurrently. Yeah. That's correct. But you can still have multiple profiles and then change your password and take it away from the other people you don't want. <laughs> so. That is true. Yeah, once they announced that they were going to release it for Disney Plus and also with that price tag. I was thinking people are just probably just going to have watch parties, even though it's not really, I don't want to say bad idea, but it's depending on the scale. Yeah. I mean, if it's a small watch party, then yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense. Watch but, party with masks and social distancing and... Right, you know. right, yeah. And like backyard or something. Yeah. Backyard with a projector. Projector. <laughs> right. Have your own drive-in movie theater right. <laughs> type of thing. I'm sure people with their home theater basements are living for this right now. Oh, yeah. I could see that. It's like the perfect time to splurge on the movie. Right. I'm kind of with that sentiment because I just miss that movie theater experience. It's been so long. Yeah, I definitely cranked up my surround sound during mm -hmm. watching it. Unfortunately, Disney Plus and my internet do not get along. That is an unfortunate thing because you actually need a pretty good connection to get the nice HDR looking stuff in there yeah especially with the fight scenes sometimes it was chugging with the frame rate so mm. it kind of ruins the experience when you know a lot of things are happening on screen right so too much to buffer <laughs> yeah but it's sad because my ps4 is directly connected to my internet so oh hardwired huh it's hardwired man <laughs> yeah disney plus just does not like my internet so i actually purchased it for all of you guys to be able to access. And my thought behind that was, hey, if I was to go watch this in the movie theater with just me and my wife, that's going to cost more than $30 just to watch it one True. time. True. And then if I just purchase it now, everybody can watch it and enjoy it and it's going to be worth the $30 anyway. And it's multiple viewings. So you can watch it over and over if you wanted. And you're helping support Disney. That too, yeah. It helps them to recoup what they spent to... <laughs> Because they spent $200 million to make this movie. Million. Because at the end of the day, like anything else, Disney is still a business. This is true. Exactly. So no pirating and here we go. <laughs> you got it to support them. All right. So let's talk about your overall thoughts of the movie. Rissa, what did you think about it overall? I'm going to say what I said when people typically ask me and I said, it was meh. Okay. Yeah, it didn't wow me too much. I didn't have very high expectations of it. There were certainly moments throughout the movie that I was like, yes, this is amazing. But a lot of it, it evened out with some questionable choices that the director made. So yeah, for me, it was middle of the road. It was definitely better than the Aladdin live action, but nowhere near the caliber of, say, Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast. Okay, all right. So it's somewhere in the middle, you'd say, for live action remakes? Yeah, that's why I say it was meh. All right. What about you, Nelson? What's your overall thought on this movie? So I didn't have that high of an expectation just because of like I was explaining earlier. The original Mulan is kind of close and dear to my heart that I didn't want to put this one on a pedestal. Right. <laughs> so I didn't have my expectations too high. And overall, I'll say that my expectations were met. I would like to say satisfactory. But there are definitely choices that were made that I don't really agree with. There's definitely questions. And I guess overall, it was okay of a movie. I feel like there was a lot of forced things that didn't need to be. 
and some of the changes like i said some of them i didn't really agree with but yeah we'll get into the nitty-gritty coming up all right all right so for me i thought in terms of the way that it was shot cinematically it was awesome oh definitely all the filmography the way that it was shot just looking at it it's beautiful the colors Mm -hmm. the vibrance the choice of lighting it was really great but in terms of story i'm with you guys it was just okay (laughs) yeah so definitely the cinematography and the sweeping scenes and the stunt choreography are definitely shining moments of the film which is why it's such a travesty that it didn't get its theatrical release here right because it would have looked very very good in the theater Yeah, and there are definitely some moments throughout the movie, particularly one in the end that we'll discuss, that you could have enjoyed having that, watching it with other people and having that moment of camaraderie type of thing that you get from a movie theater viewing. Like when you're watching Avengers for the first time with all the people and they're standing in that circle and you're like, everybody's cheering and on their feet type of thing where you could have seen that with this movie as well. It's also a triumph for Asian Americans and Asians in cinema, especially from a mainstream distributor as Disney, because, you know, Crazy Rich Asians was a success, but it wasn't projected to be that kind of success. Okay. All right. So it was sad that this was not the theatrical release that we all anticipated. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to it being in the theater and just like, oh, it's too bad. It would have really looked nice in the theater. Especially on IMAX, man, some of those sceneries, like the swooping cameras with the landscape that they were able to capture, the colors would have been very vibrant on the big screen. Definitely. I agree. Especially the the IMAX screen, like you were saying, that would have been huge. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, let's get into more of the details. So spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it yet. We're going to be talking about details of the movie now, so you might want to turn away (laughs) unless you don't care about spoilers unless you don't care about spoilers because i'm sure you've seen some on twitter and there's a particular spoiler that a lot of people if they could have avoided it they should try to continue to avoid it yes so let's dig into it let's start with the pros rissa what are some of the pros that you liked about this movie I definitely liked the incorporation of the music throughout because we knew it wasn't going to be a musical type of movie. Having those themes from the original animated movie were really nice. There were touches of reflection. Some of the other themes for each of the characters were there. I was missing the I'll Make a Man Out of You, but it was nice that they included those touches throughout the dialogue. We also had Mushu's lines of dishonor, but they changed it to disgrace. I was sad that there was no cow, but... (laughs) <laughs> you know, they match the rhyming pattern with no country instead of no cow. I like the addition of the witch. She was the most compelling character, in my opinion. I just felt like they needed to spend more time on her and her story. Because, like I said, she was the most interesting original part of this new movie. I liked the re-addition of different actual Chinese elements of the story and the legend of Mulan, which we'll eventually discuss in our other series when we're done with fairy tales. But it was nice that they started incorporating things like the phoenix instead of focusing on a dragon, the rabbits, and I wasn't too fond of the chi element, mainly because it was chi attributed to Mulan. If it were just the other characters, it would have been fine. But the fact that they turned a character that wasn't OP into somebody that was OP kind of bothered me, so... But yeah, I really like the cast and the little touches of incorporating the animated movie throughout. They also had a little Easter egg with Mushu and the Legend of Mulan on the... It was like a tapestry wrap around the whetstone that her father used to sharpen his sword. So that was really nice too. So speaking of the music, there was a new song that Christina Aguilera sang. Did you listen to it? Oh, I've listened to it so many times. And they also had the theme throughout, also the words throughout. It was Loyal, Brave, and True. Right. Did you like that song that they put in there? Yeah, I mean, it was nice. It's a good song. I still prefer Reflection over it, but they had both in it, so it's all good. And of course, here's the big spoiler. I was on my feet cheering when Ming-Na Wen showed up at the end as the esteemed guest. Right. Yes, definitely. And that scene almost didn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Ming-Na talks about that in a tweet, right? Or was it Instagram? She talks about it in a bunch of different interviews. Yeah, because they asked her about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Nelson, what are some of the positives that you took out of this movie? Well, <laughs> in all honesty, I don't have much to add. <laughs> okay, okay. I do like how they did incorporate that new mantra, the loyal, brave, and true. It kind of was a spoiler when they were promoting the movie by, for one, releasing a song by uh, Christina Aguilera. And I like how they really incorporated it in the story. So in one part where they're actually training, they were going over each of them, loyal, brave, and then Mulan hesitated on true because what she is doing is a complete lie. Her, her character there. So I liked how they really incorporated that mantra through the entire movie and then it kind of paid off toward the end. So that was a nice touch. I do also agree with the witch being a new and original character for this movie. It was definitely interesting and different. I wasn't expecting this character and I was wondering what she would be up to and what her aspirations were. Because it is a shame that we didn't get a whole lot of backstory with regard to her. And they do make connections between Mulan and this witch. I don't know. Was she given a name? I only know her name from the credits and it's Jian Lang. Okay. I'll just refer to her as the witch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a shame that we didn't get too much more backstory and more depth to her. But it would have made the movie a bit too long. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, other than that... Oh, and I do appreciate how the Emperor is not a useless old guy <laughs> in this movie. He does have the interest of his people, for the most part, as his concern. But then towards the end, he actually does things on his own. Well, for one thing, he's played by Jet Li, so right. had to show off some of that martial arts mastery. So that was pretty cool to see. And... Also, Donnie Yen was such a beast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <agree>. yeah. <laughs> so A lot of the fight scenes, some of them did seem a bit messy. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's what war is. It's right. never really clean, per se. So, I like how that was... I was about to say realistic, but it was definitely <laughs> uh, enter <laughs> entertaining to watch. Right, yeah. It so, was entertaining, yeah. It definitely had its roots and in inspiration from Chinese movies with the whole kicking the spear and or the arrow mm -hmm. as the form of projectile. Like a crouching tiger type thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The wall runs and, you know. Yeah. When I first saw those back in the day with Crouching Tiger and, and all these other older films, I was like so taken by them. Like, wow, this is so cool. But yeah. now it's like, oh, it's overused. <laughs> right. Obviously, it's not realistic, but it's definitely exciting and entertaining to watch. Yes. So I agree. That's, I feel like they fully embraced that with this because when they released the trailer, you see the bad guys running literally upward along the wall. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't take this too seriously. But the fight scenes were pretty well choreographed, I feel. I also like the reimagining of the mountain pass scene. Oh, you do? That was one of my cons in all oh, honesty. Really? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about that scene. Rissa, what was the pro that you took out of that scene? Just the way that they used a catapult instead of fireworks, it made more sense to me. I don't understand why the Chinese army would even be carrying fireworks. I mean, granted, they were more like dragon cannons in the right. animated, but it also doesn't make sense that in a convoy, it's all in one instead of spread out. So, yeah, I don't know. I liked how they used her wit to get the enemy to fire against themselves. And it was more realistic in the sense that there was a separation. So it had time, her people had time to run away from the avalanche and survive rather than it's every man for themselves. Yeah, I liked that mountain pass scene. I didn't like her chasing down the witch and being on her own and then chucking her armor, which was idiotic to me yeah. i'm like you can take your hair down but why are you getting rid of your armor that can literally save your life seriously <laughs> but yeah what was the con for you in this scene nelson the topography uh -huh. and the consistency of the landscape throughout the entire lead up to that scene it seemed like they were just in an open field and then out of nowhere there's off to the side a snowy mountain <laughs> 
I mean, they were just like in a desert. <laughs> so I feel like it was forced when they added the snow back in. Because it wasn't originally there. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see it anywhere leading up to that battle scene. And then, to me, it felt like they shooed horn that snow. So I feel like if they wanted to do it properly, they should have made the battleground even like more snowy. Not just straight up dirt and plants. Because and, there were actual shrubbery around. So... I don't know. It just it didn't seem connected. It wasn't consistent to me. So that was my main gripe about that scene. I do agree that yeah, the catapult was a good change because that's definitely more believable. Even though, though they had impeccable aim. <laughs> they only needed one shot per group of soldiers, which is like they didn't need to have any test shots, you know? That, right. That's typically I don't know. <laughs> like, they're that good? They can, yeah, they can just do that? So. <laughs> and kind of related, but also separate. It was uh, so unbelievable to me that, you know, when Mulan and those other cavalry were chasing after the main bad guys off on their own, yeah. why was none of them shooting back? Right? They had yeah. arrows. They had bows and arrows, too. Why was Mulan the only one literally shooting back? Like, what was the point of those guys? Just to get right. shot down? That's that's the whole point of them? <laughs> I mean, you were chasing them. Obviously, they already have a head start on you. <laughs> I don't know. The only th reason I could think that they did that is obviously to get Mulan to be alone. Mm -hmm. so plot the, device. I, you're right. I was literally about to say it's pretty much a plot device for that. But the execution, I'm not really with it. Yeah. Yeah, that was just like what was this about you know <laughs> like why did they even do that other than to get mulan by herself you know yeah but with regard to the actual avalanche scene it's literally the environment that gave me issues the consistency of the environments okay yeah that's a good point they were just in like a desert area and now there's snow capped mountains okay <laughs> they went that far i guess <laughs> yeah i mean if you remember with that scene too there was like smoke right yeah exactly i don't know if that was from their fires or whatever that they had started i don't know why they would have started fires but yeah there was smoke and when mulan was on her own facing the witch and that weird sulfur salt area that green area mm -hmm. it was all smoking there too so i guess it's natural gas <laughs> yeah i don't know it's something that has to do with the environment, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just forgot to mention another pro. Okay, what would that be? The Rurons. Oh, okay. What did you like about them? The enemy we're talking about, right? Yeah, it's because the Ballad of Mulan is actually one of her main military campaigns was against the Rurons instead of the Huns. So it goes back to the folk song and that legend. The actual Ballad of Mulan, right? That's what right. it's dealing with. Okay. Right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Rurons. That, that was led by Jason Scott Lee. <laughs> what did you think about his character? Was he a pro to you guys or a con? What do you think, Rissa? It kind of felt like the way they addressed all the cons was more like they treated them like in Game of Thrones with like uh, the call, call Drago. The calls. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they borrowed from the cons, but it felt like that especially the council when they were all together in a tent. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Did you feel like that for you too, Nelson? With all the cons gathered together? Yeah, like how apparently this guy was able to reunite all of these other tribes together to try and take back China, or at mm -hmm. least the lands that were lost to them in the previous war. Right. So I could see that connection or that similar aspect. Yeah. He was kind of intimidating, but... You know, he wasn't beady-eyed. Sean Yu. Sean Yu. <laughs> sure, but in all honesty, if you look at his character model, they practically made he him looked, look like Sean yeah. Yu. Yeah, he looked like him. Look like him. Yu. Yeah, yeah. The only thing he was missing was his curvy sword. And the fel oh, well, he didn't have he a, falcon. a falcon. He had the yeah. witch. The witch, yeah. All right, okay. Do you guys have any other pros before we start looking at more cons? I liked... This is more in detail to the witch. I liked how they 
approached her character with sort of like a dichotomy with Mulan, where they had different paths and she wanted her to merge her path with hers. It felt very Luke Skywalker-esque. I was going to say Jedi, that too. <laughs> you know, with the come to the dark side. But then Mulan was able to actually turn her. That arc of redemption, it felt very Star Wars. So that would be like the Ray Kylo Ren thing, right? Well, <laughs> that and also Luke and Vader, you know. At the end of Vader's life. <laughs> yeah, because like Jean Long was saying how she tried the noble path and Anakin tried the noble path and he got swayed to the dark side like her because she was an outcast. Right. Anakin's motivations were slightly different, but he basically lost everything that he loved and was seduced by the dark side. Jean Long just wanted a place of meaning and Mulan was able to provide that for her even at the point of death. She was redeemed just like Vader. Ah, yeah, that's right. Definitely. So, Nelson, do you have any other pros, or should we move on to the cons now? We can move on. Okay. Let's look at some of the cons. Rissa, what do you have? So, again, I like the addition of Chi, but I did not like it being added to Mulan, because the compelling part of her character in both the Ballad of Mulan and in the animated movie was that she, as a woman took on the role for her father because she cared so much about her family and didn't want to let her father die because it was basically a death sentence because he lost his mobility. Right. In the animated film, she basically was a grunt and she couldn't even make it up the mountain with the bar across her back. And when they were running, she kept failing at every path until she dug down deep and was like, I need to make this work. Otherwise, I've brought disgrace to my father and his name. So she found it within herself and not just from a cop-out of chi. So I thought that that cheapened her character, especially with her not discovering it later on in life. She discovered it as a child. So she always had that aspect. And to me, it felt like it cheapened her character. Was that a con for you, Nelson? Yeah, I wanted to actually add that I feel like with that change of making Mulan to be athletic in that opening scene where she's chasing after the chicken, how she's pretty much OP from the very get-go. Right. That changes her transformation for this entire movie, mm -hmm. from uh, at least comparing it to the original animated Mulan. Yeah, she didn't really have any growth to go with. They focused more on her self-discovery, but even then they didn't really lean into it. Yeah, to me, it wasn't really self-discovery. It was more like self-acceptance. Yeah, yeah. The problem was in the animated movie, we had reflection where she was trying to figure out where she belonged. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, she was athletic. She was a bit of a tomboy, but she didn't have this obscene skill as a warrior. You know, she couldn't automatically just use a blade or a bow staff right away. She had to learn that skill in the camp. And yeah, it was definitely a negative for me because it didn't give her character enough growth and enough development arc. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. It's like, she already had powers. Why do you start somebody off with the powers, you know? Like, she didn't tap into them. She didn't discover them. She already knew she had them at the beginning. It's like, right? what's that? What is her journey then? She's just not to be discovered is her whole journey. That's what it's about. Instead of yeah. becoming somebody and learning who you are, it's more like, okay, don't get caught. The other problem I had with her character is we also lost that sense of hopelessness because... Right. When she went directly to the garrison where her company ended up, when she begged for them to listen to her, there wasn't that denial and expulsion the way that it did during the parade in the animated movie, where she was literally left alone. I mean, we got that sort of. You could tell that they left her alone in the middle of nowhere, and then the witch came and was talking to her. But it wasn't her that discovered the plot. It was somebody telling her the plot so that also cheapened her character a bit because she didn't find it out and then try to save everybody again yeah because in the animated movie she used her intellect she's like oh they're popping out like daisies they're gonna storm the capital but in this live action the witch literally tells them oh that was all a red herring they're actually targeting the capital <laughs> yeah true that's true <laughs> all right so after the cheap part, what else did you see as a con here? It's both a pro and a con. I like that she had a sister because in Chinese culture, you have more than one child if possible. But I did not like that they didn't have the grandmother in this. 
Oh, the grandmother was so good. <laughs> I really f- missed her, her character. She's such a funny, light character. She could have lightened the weight of this movie because there's a lot of serious themes going on here. It's a PG-13 movie. It needed a bit of that comedy. And her popping jokes was not it. Yeah. Yeah. As in Mulan's character. Yeah. She played kind of wooden. She wasn't the most charismatic character, unfortunately. The actress herself? like The, the actress herself, yeah. 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 Okay. So would you say her performance was kind of a con there? Yeah, I honestly would have preferred Gong Li to be Mulan and them switch it. Oh, switch, yeah. Yeah, because she's clearly the better actress. I was moved by her and I was not moved by the actress that played Mulan. She seemed a bit stiff. Yeah, she did. I I agree. She did. Why did they use her? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, obviously she has real good moves. Right, like like she can do the fighting moves, yeah, yeah. So, kind of relating back to Aladdin, I can see, like, oh, I forget his name already. Mina Masood? Yes, Mina. He's good at parkour. Yeah, he is. But his acting wasn't great. (laughs) (laughs) So, something similar here where Ife's action scenes were really good, but her acting wasn't, it didn't (laughs) complement. Yeah, it felt like they were rushing those scenes to the emotional scenes that she should have shined in. It felt like they were just going through it to get to the next action scene. Oh, so they were just using that as a device to move her to the next action scene. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me because her performance wasn't as weighty. When you think of Mulan and you look at the animated movie and the vocal performance that Ming-Na Wen gave, Mulan 2 isn't the greatest movie, but every time I watch that bridge scene, I cry. And I'm like, why am I crying? It's a cartoon. Right. No, I just watched it on Saturday and I, I it was like the same way. Like, yeah. With the emotion she put in when Shang falls off the bridge. It's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I know he's going to be okay. It's a Disney movie. It's rated G. But I'm sitting here crying and I've seen this movie three or four times. Definitely. Definitely. That's the kind of performance that I wanted from a Mulan. Especially when she's feeling so down and she's left alone. She's put disgrace on her whole entire ancestry and her whole family name you should feel like crap, you know? (laughs) Right. But it didn't come through for me. So what did you guys think of the part where talking about the rules, everything was the punishment's death, the punishment's death, and then all of a sudden, deceit. Expulsion. is expulsion. What the? (laughs) Disgrace. Disgrace on blah, blah, blah. As Mulan ends up saying later, disgrace is heavier. Okay. Yeah. You have to live with in that. In Chinese and Japanese culture, disgrace is so much heavier than death. So So would that be the worst then? Yeah, that's Punishment? that's actually worse. Yeah, it's why she asks for death. Like I'd rather be killed than expelled. Yeah, cuz she'd have to go back home and then live with that she was expelled because she mm-hmm. deceived everybody. Yeah. Right. Well, And your ancestry and your family name is so important in that culture Mm -hmm. that you're not only putting disgrace on yourself, but on your whole entire line. Any descendants that her sister would have, they're disgraced. Anybody that has a name Wa, they're disgraced. So it's a lot to put on somebody, which is why she was asking for death so that she would be a dead soldier instead of somebody that's carrying that on their family name. Yeah, yeah. So when the other guy got caught for spilling out the water he got yeah, he was being spilled. dishonest yeah. yeah it looked like he didn't want to leave either yeah <laughs> all right a lot of people were giving flack to this movie for not having the mushu sidekick and not having the singing what did you guys take from that did it need it what do you think nelson for me personally that was a question that i had why did they, for this live-action movie, decide to change out some of the characters? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Okay, so there's still a guardian. Why does it need to be a phoenix? Why I can answer they... that. Okay, but others... Like the love interest and stuff? or Yeah, so... Oh, homeboy. Hongwei. Hongwei, yeah, sorry. I don't understand also why did they do that... Sure, they had Donnie N be the replacement for Shang. So, and I guess they didn't want him to be the love interest. Right. But they still had one. <laughs> yeah, did they need one? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, they're escaping me now, but there was a couple others that I was just 
why did they change this when I feel like they didn't need to? Oh, there okay. was a Chenpo. They had a Chenpo in there, huh? Yeah. They never said his name, so I didn't know he well, was Chenpo. Well, I'm assuming it's the guy that says, like, I don't care what he looks like, it's just what, what she, they, cooks. what she what cooks, cooks like. like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he looked nothing like... <laughs> oh, yeah, because he wasn't huge and yeah. really fat. If anyone, Cricket was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have thought Cricket would have been Chenpo, not Cricket. But they made a new character for him. <laughs> yeah, that was also a change. But that one kind of makes a little, I won't say sense, but it was an interesting change. When they introduced him, he says, my name is Cricket. Uh, I was born under an auspicious moon, and that makes me lucky. So they were kind of making that connection back to the original Cricky character right. from mm-hmm. the animated. All right. So, Rizzo, you want to address the phoenix? All right, so in the Chinese background, the phoenix is actually the right hand of the emperor. So having the phoenix be the guardian literally shows Mulan as being the right hand person to the emperor who is known as the dragon in Chinese culture. So Jet Li, he plays the emperor in this and he's decked out in dragon attire. So it wouldn't fit for Mulan's family to also have the dragon as their guardians just because that's a sign of the emperor who is the son of heaven and blah, 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 and all those titles. So the phoenix being the right hand to the empire and the emperor makes more sense. So I thought they had reverted that because sure, they did explain that. It was a part of a, an original, one of the first trailers. That was like the voiceover from Mulan's father. He was explaining that. But then when we saw the movie, there was absolutely zero mention of that. Because they didn't mention it, I thought they took it out. Took out the phoenix or... Yeah, or took out that backstory of the phoenix being the protector of the emperor. I don't know. Am I crazy though? That Did they mention that at all? I don't in remember the movie? that from the trailer, but... Oh, really? Yeah, I don't even remember that from the trailer. No, I think I, I remember what you're talking about, Nelson. There was a teaser where it was like a voiceover of the father talking about the phoenix. Right. Yeah, That's I do, what I do remember that. But then when we watched the movie, I don't remember. And I just watched it yesterday. I don't recall any mention of that reference. So that's why I was thinking they took it out of the movie. Yeah, I wonder if they just used that clip just for a teaser. And they Probably. didn't, you know, didn't actually cut it out. Maybe, for but whatever reason, <laughs> it is part of Chinese culture, and there's a mythology behind phoenixes and dragons, where they're paired together in that sense. Then it's a shame that they didn't actually include that in the actual movie. Yeah, it is. They're probably just trying to not address that because they don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, typically dragons are the masculine, the male, and the phoenixes are for female. So they go hand in hand together, and the emperor is typically portrayed as the dragon. Interesting. Then I would wonder about the mythos from the animated movie, because they do use a stone dragon, you know? They do. I feel like the animated version borrowed more from Chinese tropes. Oh, because okay. they went to the zodiac with the ancestors were backing oh, each right. of their yeah, different. Yeah, like the monkey and the yeah, yeah All of the, the rat. Fa and the... families, guardians. They literally in the entire zodiac. Right. Yeah, they have each of their own from the zodiac rather than their actual family symbol. Okay, that makes more sense now. It's like they were just trying to relate to something people would understand, I guess. Right. Well, Americans would understand. Yeah. So I think that. Disney was trying to right the wrongs and the different things that people didn't agree with. I know a lot of people also didn't agree with Eddie Murphy being the voice of Mushu. I mean, he was hilarious, but it felt like a disrespect to Chinese culture to some people. So I think that's why they removed the dragon as a comedic character. Okay. Did you feel like it wasn't needed in this movie then? I don't think it was needed. I did miss the music in some regards, especially the reflection scene, I really missed that. I did like the musical elements weave throughout, but we know that Ife can sing. She sings in the credits, so I missed just little touches here and there. At least in Cinderella, it wasn't a musical, but she had a singing element. I felt like they could have done that with this movie as well. Mm, that's interesting. I also thought that it could have used some of that, but it was not that kind of movie, so... <laughs> All right. Nelson, do you have any other cons or questions that came up when you were watching it? 
nothing really worth mentioning. There is kind of more nitpicky things that I have, but we don't have to jump into those. I had a big con. Okay, and what's your big con? The last battle. Oh, the one with the burning structure? Oh, well, <laughs> no. I felt I, like I that was, was one of my nitpicking things. But I was yeah, go cool ahead. with them doing all of those things and climbing and all that. But the point that I didn't understand was she was on a beam. Why did he jump on the beam too? Like, I don't understand that choice. He's like a warrior, a nomadic warrior. He knows that that's not a smart choice. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> It just yeah. makes it look like, oh, they did that just for the plot, right? It didn't even make any sense for plot. He could have thrown his sword. He could have done something else to knock her off the beam. It didn't make any sense that he timed it so that he was on the other side and he had the reach. He could have cut her off too. It didn't make any sense. I don't understand. And then we end up with the Disney cliche of the villain falling to his doom. Yeah. Granted, he was still alive until the arrow pierced his heart, but... He still fell. He still fell. He fell. <laughs> yep. All right. Maybe he did it because he was cocky or overconfident, and he wanted to show, like, hey, I can beat you on level terms or something like that, you know? I don't know. He wasn't being smart. So. Up until that point, he wasn't trying to be beating people in level terms he was sneaking yeah. into garrisons with exactly. a witch exactly. he was playing dirty the whole entire time why change your game plan at that point just because you're facing like he knows that this girl was able to take down his army she was able to infiltrate his plan and bring her people to lead them to defend the city he already has this knowledge i don't understand why he decided to be cocky all of a sudden it doesn't make any sense as a character yeah, where he was following his game plan the whole time until there. Yeah. Why would you do that? That doesn't, no sense at all. <laughs> yeah. I do have a couple go backs. Okay. So I have two. All right. The first being, how do you guys feel about how they changed Mulan's gender reveal from being an injury in the, she got injured, right, in the animated, and then the doctor is what revealed it? Mm-hmm. And then to more like a self-confession in this live action. I'm torn here. Part of me as a strong independent woman really likes that she was able to claim this for herself. But also part of me is like, that's really dumb in terms of character motivation. I know you don't want to live a lie anymore, but it's still 400 whatever time period it was China that this is punishable by death. You still haven't won the war there's still enemies out there. See it through and then seek death, you know? <laughs> yeah, I felt like it changed the entire, like, the, the whole impact of the reveal. They were hinting at it that she wanted to reveal it even earlier on because I remember she went in to speak with Donnie Yen and mm -hmm. she was, like, saying that she wasn't being truthful and then he, you know, he guessed something wrong, totally not He thought even... it was her fear. Right, he thought that she was just afraid of going to war. Yeah. But she really wanted to reveal it that she was the woman, you know, and mm -hmm. she eventually did it. So I feel like it was being built up throughout the movie. Yeah. But like Nelson was saying, it's a change. I like that she went through with it because she wanted to be truthful and she was. Yeah. But then it's different than the animated where she was revealed because she got injured. The doctor revealed it to them. Yeah, for me, it definitely changes the dynamics of the movie, but... I feel like at this point with the live actions and the animations, you can't really compare them. You have to kind of just watch them as their own movies. As much as you want to compare them, you can't. When we're looking at movies inspired by books, you can't really... Our nature is to compare them to each other, but with the Harry Potter movies, you can't really... It's a different format, so I'm constantly going to compare them in my mind, but it's its own thing. So if we look at it that way, I thought it was a smart change, especially for the time period, not in the movie's diegetic time period, but for our time period now. The story that they're trying to tell of a woman claiming her own story and owning it herself, it makes sense for how they're trying to raise children. Yeah, but if they were trying to be 
more period accurate, they would be like, no, nah, she wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but if they were going to be period accurate, they would also not have chi and they yeah, also exactly. wouldn't have all these other things. If they were going to tell a story of Hua Mulan, the Ballad of Mulan, they would have told that story. Yeah, they could have, but it seemed like they wanted to put it like Chinese cinema style. <laughs> yeah, they definitely wanted to borrow elements from and honor elements from the animated movie, but still try to tell their own story. And I thought they did that, but they made a lot of concessions that didn't make any sense. Another nitpicky thing was the fact that the tea in that tea scene, I'm like, where did the tea go? <laughs> How yeah. did the table end up back to normal? Like, yeah, there were a few things that just didn't make any sense. What did you think about that, Nelson, about this difference here? Well, primarily is that I felt like it just changed the entire impact. Okay. It put the responsibility all on Mulan for doing the actual confession versus everyone else finding out by accident, essentially. So, like Rissa said, it just changed that dynamic. And I wanted to bring up that point that Rissa brought up perfectly, is that I felt like they did that because of the current times. Right, right. <laughs> it just felt more appropriate to show that kind of message where you have to own up and having Mulan be this strong, independent woman, they wanted to also kind of show that to the younger girls watching this movie. All right. So what was the second thing you wanted to go back on? So ignoring all of the dumb things that she did leaving the quarry, I felt the Hua Jun's death scene to be pretty symbolic. How the throwing star that the witch throws at her, how it pierces the chest coverings, and how that's how Hua Jun died. And then she has to rip it off or take off that covering. And then, well, obviously she also takes off the armor. But Hua Jun is essentially that chest cover. And she rips it off. And when she heads back into battle, I just felt that was pretty symbolic. And wanted to get your guys' input on that. Yeah, I agree. It was very symbolic of there's the death of the faking being a male and show your true self type of deal because you should be not uh, hiding your power and not hiding that you're a strong woman type of thing. So yeah, I see the symbolism that you're referring to there. Rissa, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward visual storytelling in that regard. I agree. It was definitely intentional. And they were hammering it home the whole entire movie that if you don't live your truth, you can't tap into your chi and you can't live to your full potential. So that's another thing that they're trying to convey through visual storytelling. Yeah. Great. Anything else you guys want to add in closing? Rissa, anything? No, I mean, it was an okay movie. Definitely middle of the road for the live actions. It felt like part of it wanted to be an action movie, another part wanted to be a Disney movie, and they kind of just found the middle of the road there and tried to marry the two. Part of me just wanted them to lean fully into the PG-13 realm and just make that kind of movie. There was no blood. There was no bad language. So it was really more of an action scene that made it PG-13. It didn't really feel like a war movie, so... I was missing that, and then I was also missing the Disney, the fully Disney aspect of it. So on the next live action, I'm hoping that they decide what they're going to be, because also with Aladdin, it felt like a kind of melding of things, where it was like a music video plus a Disney movie, and it was a weird marriage. So yeah, I hope that whatever next one they choose to do, they stick to their guns and make a really great live action movie. And uh, Nelson, anything to close on this movie? Yeah, so to kind of build on what Rissa was saying, I felt like this movie had a confused identity. It wasn't fully one type of movie, and it it was kind of a mixed bag. But because of that, it didn't turn out as good as it could have been. So if, like what Rissa was saying, if they went full-fledged PG-13, the action scenes would have been probably better. The overall tone would have been set to be this is a darker type movie and more serious. So it probably end result would have been a lot better if they just went full-fledged, like just going to embrace it. But since they didn't, it lacked. It had something missing. It was an okay movie. 
I did appreciate the choreograph, the fight scenes, most of them. But there was some forced comedy in it that I didn't feel like it added anything. It might have just taken away, if anything. So I feel like this movie suffers from the saying, if you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Right. Where they try to take different elements from Disney. They try to take different elements from Chinese cinema and they try to blend it together so they can please their Chinese audience and then please their U.S. audience. And it it doesn't really work. It's either you do one or you do the other. But if you try to meld them, nobody's going to be fully happy with it, you know. So I feel like that's what it's suffering from here. They kind of did that even with the Star Wars franchise. Like in those last three movies, they tried to please everybody and they couldn't do that. And that's what made it suffer. So, I mean, right now, this particular movie, the Mulan live action, I don't think it's suffering in terms of monetarily. Oh, it is in China. Oh, in China. Okay. Because people aren't watching it or they're, are they boycotting it? It might be a mixture, but they've only made 36 million. Okay. But overall, who knows how it's going to end up. But looks like their Chinese audience isn't liking it. (laughs) Yeah. Probably right when the original Mulan came out, it was kind of a direct jab at their culture. Let's see what they come up with. And they might have not found it appropriate still. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my thought is just they're trying to please everybody that is in their audience and they can't they they really can't do that so all right so any closing thoughts rissa yeah i want to thank you all for listening to our thoughts on the live action mulan hopefully we didn't spoil any of you but for those of you that have seen it please make sure to comment on this post and let us know what you thought so we can possibly dive into it deeper if you'd like to hear more thoughts on it because we definitely have more nitpicky things that we didn't touch on but i hope you enjoyed and hope to catch you next time and thanks again for tuning in and nelson anything to say to our listeners yeah thanks guys for joining us this week hope you enjoyed our going over overview thoughts and whatnot for this new live action mulan i know this movie was kind of controversial in, in other respects in all honesty i don't think we particularly would like to get into that discussion so if you have any comments with regard to that please don't (laughs) i mean we can take it offline we're not going to talk about it on the podcast right Right. right. so but otherwise hope to talk to you guys next time all right and i'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in to this episode and listening to our thoughts on mulan the live action and on behalf of the other two i'd like to say keep your watches sync to disney time See ya. Bye. Later.